You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Hello, mike Hey, Joe. Good to be here again. Hi atop the uh, Morrow County History Center. That's right. What is the 17 West Main Street? West High. We- oh, West High, yeah. High. Well, I mean, you kind of you point that direction towards yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. You still don't know what you're talking about, Joe. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Well then, Mike, another week has come for us to uh, start sharing or continue sharing. Continue sharing about Morrow County, Ohio. Well, sure. That's what we do. All things fun of (laughs) Morrow County. Oh, so much going on in this county. It's it's just amazing. So, uh, Mike and us, we have uh, at the movie theater this weekend a third and final weekend of Mario Brothers. It did so well that they said, hey, you have to have it another week. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. We're going to have it another week. Um, Friday and Saturday at 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Sunday at 2 and 5. Come and see us. Uh, Coming up here this week, Mr. Mike is going to be the succulent planter. And that is Thursday night at 6.30, April 20th, which is Angela's birthday. Happy birthday to Angela. Happy birthday, Angie. Oh, you called her Angie. We don't call her Angie. We don't call her Angie. I I do. And uh, you guys will no longer be seeing Mike around town (laughs) because she will end him. Um, Let's see here. The circus is also coming to Bucyrus. Bucyrus, and that will be on Thursday at 7 p.m. And uh, that's going to be at the fairgrounds in Buckyrus. We also have on Thursday the 20th at 4.30 p.m. is Maringo's American Legion uh, Thursday night bingo and uh, that starts at 4.30, and that's the early bird stuff, I believe, at that time. We also have, just in case you're interested, Mar Little Theater does not have a camp this summer for um, any students or anything, so sharing the Renaissance Theater is having a Broadway camp Tuesday, June 20th through the 23rd. So it looks like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday over there at the Wren. They do a fantastic job. Of course, they have a fantastic budget to do that with. And, uh, I mean, they do some really, really good stuff. Um, Also coming up this Saturday at 7 a.m., Mike, is the fourth Saturday breakfast at the First Presbyterian Church. And this one's going to be benefiting the uh, Flying Squirrel Preserve. Are you familiar with that? Uh, oh, Rocky and Bullwinkle? No. Oh. Um, actually, we can. I, I have the name of a guest we can have on to talk about um, the different parks in Morrow County. We'll do that. We'll do that. Uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. in Cardington is the spring pop-up shop with local vendors. That's happening at the Cardington Cafe. Man, that place is really becoming a center for all things happening in Cardington. Yes, Good for them. And I've driven by, and there's no parking out front. Like, it's full. So that's a good thing. This Saturday is the ninth annual Nursing 5K at Marion Tech. And that's going to start at 10 a.m. 
and that benefits the nursing program for their pinning ceremonies. Also, this Saturday is the First Families Luncheon, My Favorite Ohio Barns, and that's at Trinity. And I know Robin was saying something about that last week, but they've not updated their Facebook page. Um, Highland on the 29th, and guys, May is literally like two weeks away. I mean, I'm looking at my watch, and today is Tuesday, April 18th. Uh, hopefully you have filed your taxes I hope so. by midnight uh, on the 18th. Otherwise, you need to file an, an extension because you're late. Uh, but on Saturday, April 29th at 1 p.m., Highland High School is having their Arts and Spectacular, Arts Spectacular and Craft Show. Sorry, I couldn't read that. And that's going to be at Sparta at the high school. The Heritage Barn is having their wedding fair May 7th at 1 p.m. That's a Sunday. And uh, the 4th of July celebration in Mount Gilead is going to be July the 3rd, which is a Monday at 7 p.m. And, Mr. Mike, I know you have something at least to bring up, right? Uh, did you have something specific in mind? Well, on this Sunday... Coming up is going to be the second day that... Oh, yes, yes, yes. There we go. (laughs) Sorry, I had to wake me up there. The Morrow County Historical Society opens Sunday! Sunday! Sunday afternoons, 2 to 4. Our first uh, Sunday of the season was this past Sunday, and we had had several people in, and... uh, Those that weren't there missed out. Uh, Lots of great new exhibits... Um, there's been a lot of work to make sure that it's more handicap accessible. We now have a uh, restroom that's uh, available to the public, shall it be needed. And um, a lot of good things. You want to come in and see the Morrow County History Center Sunday afternoons between 2 and 4. All right. Wow. I uh, am, I guess, a little surprised that you didn't know, but uh, or that you wasn't ready. You weren't ready to talk about that. I wasn't. A little... A little hurt by that. The, the thank you. Do you have anything else you want to share? I did want to share something here. Let me get back up to it. Well, while you're finding it, let's go, go to our first ad. It's Freedom Fest Ohio. Featuring Craig Morgan. Brett Michaels with Night Ranger. Justin Moore. Chris Jansen. We the Kingdom with We Are Messengers and more. June 22nd through 25th, Morrow County Fairgrounds in Mount Gilead, Ohio. On sale now. For tickets and more info, visit FreedomFestOhio.com. Freedom Fest Ohio, Mike, is going to be the largest party in Morrow County this year. So, uh... Mike is going to be driving one of the eight passenger golf carts yes. down there. Yes, I am. Um, I've never driven a golf cart, so really, <laughs> yes, really. it's just like driving a car, just smaller. Oh, okay, I can handle that. Although this golf cart is probably bigger than a, a Volkswagen Bug. Okay, to tell you the truth, because it's an eight passenger. Um, it's going to be a great time. If you are interested in uh, volunteering for the event, visit freedomfestohio.com. And scroll all the way down. There's a volunteer application that you can fill out. And let us know if you'd be interested. There are some perks to being a volunteer. So, um, 
Mike, did you find what you were looking for? I, I do want to share this. It's not something that's happening, but something that has happened. Um, lots of times we hear that there's nothing for the young people to do around Morrow County. Uh, this past week, they had the uh, ribbon cutting for the Safe Haven Teen Center. And I'm going to read a little bit of this article uh, about that. The Safe Haven Teen Center opened its doors on Friday, April 17th, and the Chamber of Commerce held a ribbon-cutting ceremony to help them welcome everyone. The Safe Haven Teen Center is located at 290 Lincoln Avenue at the corner of Lincoln and Delaware Streets in Mount Gilead. The center was created to be a fun and safe place for teens to grow and succeed. They are excited to be a resource for middle and high schoolers. They have video games, laptops, crafts, chill-out areas, billiards, ping-pong, video games, gaming systems, and more to enjoy. They plan to install a shower and laundry unit into the cafeteria bathroom to assist kids who don't have access to these at home. Hot meals will be provided as well. All of this is free and open to kids from ages 12 to 18. They are open every Friday from 2.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. starting on April 21st. They are accepting donations and volunteers as well, so if you'd like to help out, contact Catherine Stifler at the cor- at the center on Fridays or send your donation to her at P.O. Box 133, Mount Gilead. The Morrow County Chamber of Commerce is proud to help this necessary organization spread the word for the kids in our community. Catherine Stifler, uh, well, I have a picture here of Catherine Stifler cutting the ribbon um, with supporters there as well. So there is something for the youth of our county to uh, to be a part of. That building, actually, if you remember where the uh, Nazarene Church was many, many years ago. Um, it's the corner of Delaware and Lincoln. Correct, yes. So that that's good news. we got something like that in our community. Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, you know, Mike, um, I've been thinking and driving around a lot and looking at a lot of the old buildings that we have in the county. And um, we have a lot of rich history here and lots of cool stories. And Mike and I are are very, we feel blessed that we can bring these stories to all of you as you listen to us every week or every other week, depending on if I remember to load the podcast or if it loads correctly. Um, and we greatly appreciate that. And we are working on our 100th anniversary show, which is literally three weeks away, Mike. We are three episodes away from 100 podcasts. I cannot believe it, but we are that close to 100. And um, I think, Mike, we did we settle on a topic? Are we going to talk about the uh, Capitol Theater? Yeah, he's shaking his head because we can hear the marbles roll when he does that. No. <laughs> well, the Capitol Theater uh, recently uh, celebrated 100, 100 years. Was that last year? It was actually in um, 2000. Well, the movie theater itself was opened in 1921. So okay. in 2021, it would have been its 100th anniversary. But because of COVID, we weren't able, um, Ben and Carol were not able to actually open it. Um, like they wanted to, and then we bought it last year, and there was so much to learn and so much to do, we didn't get to it. Um, so we kind of would like to go through the so history. So it's going to be a dual-purpose thing. We're going to invite the public to come see us doing our wonderful work, producing a podcast, as well as celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Capitol Theater. 
Yeah, it's going to be actually pretty cool. I'm not sure how we're going to do sound yet because uh, we're going to need to record this, but we also need to make sure that we can get it out to folks oh, yeah. so they can hear it while they're in there. So um, it'll be fun. We'll we'll see if we can't find some images and uh, get you, those on the screen. And we will hopefully next week be able to give you a date and time so you'll know when to show up at the theater to to hear us. I, I know I know we'll have a a sold out house, not sold out because there's no. There's no cost to come hear us. I mean, yeah, no, you can't get better entertainment any place. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, free entertainment, and you know, Mike and I are entertainment. Oh, that's. <laughs> I mean, I've we... heard us called other things, but we can go with that. <laughs> so, Mister Mike, um, what else? What's going on in your neck of the woods? In your in your life, everything good? Everything you know? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. So I am in the middle. I've um, been a little busy. So at work, I got the opportunity to create, work with a, a company and create a week-long education where I brought folks from around my company together. And we are basically, we're in day two as of this recording in um, providing an education and a nice baseline education on how to provide the best and safest environment for the healing of our patients. And I um, have got, it's just been, so it, today's the day of into, I'm tired, um, but it has been pretty cool to get all these people together and to hear the questions they have. Um, it, it's been pretty cool. And then Mike, another thing that I've, I have done recently, and I don't know if you've seen it, but um, I started another business it's called powell and consultants or powell and company consulting uh powell and company consulting and um mike did you know that we're going to have a total solar eclipse in less than one year i think i'd heard that yes yeah i believe it's on april the 8th i believe is the actual day and uh did you do you know what the normal and you can totally guess and i'll give it to you if you're within 100 uh do you know what the normal normal population of morrow county is normal population of morrow county um uh, 30,000 it's close about 35 36,000 okay. okay do you know if we were to take a census on the day of the eclipse approximately how many people would be in morrow county at that time what time of day is it so i think it's the, is it one or two o'clock in the afternoon i think oh okay because we have so many commuters to work outside of um here's what probably they're be down to 10 10 000, i don't know okay so the majority of the community does leave mm-hmm. to go work in other counties now on the day of the eclipse, they are projecting if they were if these people were to live in Morrow County the day of, they're projecting that we will have over one hundred thousand people in the county because the sight line of the eclipse is going to pass through our area. Oh really? So the best place to view the eclipse is if you think about the way that the state is laid out. Basically, we're we're not on the center line. We're just south of that, south and, and east of that. Okay. So Hardin County, um, over by Kenton, yes, and Marion mm-hmm. and Crawford, 
those those guys are going to be like right on that middle line. Okay. Okay. Now, Morrow County is just ever so slightly over, and it's still going to be prime viewing hmm. for that. Now, why do you think I'm bringing this up for my consulting company? That's that's a very good question. Why you why are you bringing this up for your consulting company? Well, if we have that many people in here, where are they all going to watch the eclipse? On the side of the road? In all the, the parking lots that they can find? I would think so. Yeah. So what is the possibility that there literally will be a traffic jam? <laughs> that... We, you won't be able to order food for lunches and things like that. Do you see where I'm going? Okay. Okay, so think about preparedness. Preparedness is not always emergency management, and it's not always crisis and disaster, but it's preparedness. And so this preparedness is, and what I'm asking, Mike, is, oops, sorry, what... What would be something that the historical, how would that impact the historical society? I think it's like a Tuesday or something. What would, what, how would it impact the historical society that day? I don't know how it would. It probably won't because okay. you're not normally open. Right. So it's probably not going to impact you. Um, but let's see, how might it affect Kroger's? You may not be able to find a parking spot because people are going to take all the parking spots to watch the eclipse. If we have that many people in, let's say that there's a car accident or multiple car accidents and you can't get around. 911 is going to be backed up. If you think about that. Now, this is absolutely worst case scenario. And that's what I get paid to do professionally, okay? Is think worst case scenario. But if you're prepared for just that day or the day before to be completely self-sufficient, you'll make it through with no problem. So the reason I bring that up is if you have a business and or you're interested in, you know, just kind of being prepared for yourself, give me a call. Let me, you know, have a conversation with you and and kind of talk about that. Um, So one of the things that I heard recently is that um, they're expecting brownouts. Really? This summer. Okay. Because of some new clean energy standards that go into effect. And because of that, the coal plants will have to uh, shut down or drop production during peak hours. Okay. Mike, where does Ohio get the majority? And this is all from what I've, I've gathered from, you know, having conversations. Where does Ohio gather its electricity from? I think it's actually from New York, isn't it? It's coal plants. Oh, coal plants. Okay. Coal plants. So if coal plants have to drop production during peak hours, what's going to happen? Oh, right, right. The grid's going to brown out. So what are brownouts? That's where there's, there, there's some... A, some power, but not... It's going to power some things. Lights will probably dim. You'll want, you want to shut down your computers. Uh, there's different things with brownouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would be one thing you would want to get prepared for? So if you own a business, say that you own a gas station, Mike... What would be something that would be impactful, right? If you didn't have power, right? That runs your so pumps, now that would runs your be cash register that runs your yeah. If if you're a service station, what? Uh, well, most stations now have plenty of refrigeration. That refrigeration is going to be hurt. Exactly. If you're right. a deli, what if you're Kroger's? Oh my! 
What if, you know, see where I'm going. This is all preparedness stuff, and it's thinking ahead. Um, you know, you can have a generator, but have you thought about putting a box on the outside of your house in a good location where the exhaust won't be near a window so that in the summer you can open your window to let the breeze through, but your generator won't put that nasty fume into the house? Yeah. Um, you know, if you put the box on the outside of the house, you can just easily plug in the generators far enough from the house so that if it does catch on fire, it won't, you know, catch the house on fire. Um, and then, you know, if you put the box on, you add the breaker to your, your actual main panel, you'll be able to backfeed your house with the generator power, but not backfeed the lines where say that there's a tree down or something. You won't shock one of the linemen. So it's things like this to get you thinking. Thinking about how it would impact you. You know, how would the the theater or how would um, the historical society be impacted if we lost um, water services? Well, I wouldn't be able to provide restrooms. Um, And you don't have boiler heat here anymore. But if you had boiler heat, that could be a serious problem for you because you wouldn't have water. And if you boil a boiler dry, it can explode. Exactly. So, and there are some houses in Mount Gilead that still run on uh, natural gas boiler heat, and that could be a serious problem. So, I say all of this not to scare people, but, you know, just make you think, how prepared am I? What about food? You know, we've seen a lot recently of the uh, um, fires, and recently there was an explosion on a dairy farm. And they said that about 18,000 cattle had died mm-hmm. in the explosion or the fire afterwards. How detrimental would that be if, you know, it happened locally? And we have lots of dairy farms around and, and things like that. So um, do you have a food supply for a couple of days? You know, could you go four days without, you know, electricity and water and food? And you know, do you have that stuff? Now, I've started a little stockpile for my little family and water, and I rotate stuff out, you know. But do, do you have that? And that's the type of stuff. And I know it's kind of a downer conversation to have, but just wanted to get you guys started on that and uh, make sure that you're thinking about that because, unfortunately, we don't know what is going to happen. And I think we saw that um, March 10th through March 20th of 2020, uh, where you couldn't get toilet paper. Oh, yeah. And I you, that. you you couldn't get, you know, simple. You couldn't get milk. You couldn't get hand sanitizer. You couldn't get a mask. You had to make a mask. Um, you know, for the longest time, you couldn't even get elastic bands mm-hmm. to sew into masks because they were all gone. So, you know, are you ready? Are you prepared? And I'm not saying, you know, you need to be. uh, There's a couple companies that you can, you know, call and order and they'll send you MREs and you store them away. And the best day ever will be the day you have to throw them out because they're expired and you never had to use them. But just in case, if you need them, you had them. So jumping off my soapbox there, Mike, just, you know, wanted to share some of that stuff with you. So, all right. Well, I think... It's time. Let's go. Ready? Let's go. Put your hands and arms inside the ride. Here we go. The flashback is brought to you by the Morrow County Historical Society. Now open every Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. Stop in and learn about Morrow County's past. 
All right, Mike, are we ready to hit uh, the second week of the story? Well, I decided that we'd, we'd hit that enough, so we're moving on to something else. Oh, okay. Um, the Historical Society occasionally gets bottles that say Van Scoy Chemical Company on them, and oh. people had no idea who that was or where it was located. Well, I can answer some of those questions today. I've never heard of it. I'm interested. Well, um, I'm going to read this. Again, my uh, friend Stan Seip put this information together. And I'm going to read from uh, Stan's own handwriting here. The Van Scoy, uh, it's titled Van Scoy Brings Joy. Unfortunately, not much is known regarding the origin of the Van Scoy Chemical Company, which operated in Mount Gilead for 25 years. As far as can be determined, it was founded in the 1890s in Mansfield, Ohio, by a man named Van Scoy. Mr. Van Scoy had discovered the various form, formula to produce a line of food extracts, spices, and cosmetics. Evidence shows that his office and laboratory was located in Mansfield as late as 1904. By then, Van Scoy had added over-the-counter medical preparations to his offerings. What is definitely known is that it was brought to Mount Gilead around 1905 after the business was purchased by Charles Boyle, a resident of East North Street. Boyle established the Van Scoy Chemical Company in the Gorley Block on, at uh, 23 South Main Street in a back room that fronted on West Center Street. At this time, the business was wholesale only. Two years later, Boyle added a partner, W.G. Lefevre, who resided locally on West High Street. According to the 1910 United States Census, Boyle's occupation was listed as a salesman of extracts, and Lefevre was recorded as a manufacturer of same. William Gavitt Lefevre was born on a farm in Canaan Township in 1860. After working for the railroad in Marion, he moved back to Canaan Township in the late 1880s to manage the family farm. In 1904, uh, excuse me, 1905, Lefevre moved his family to Mount Gilead after he accepted the position of assistant cashier with the National Bank of Morrow County, located in the Van Horn block on the square. To the business, excuse me. Uh, okay, I skipped a paragraph here. Lefevre worked diligently and eventually became somewhat of an expert chemist. He and Boyle added a retail sales room to the business and began selling their flavoring extracts, baking powder, teas, coffee, spices, syrups, perfumes, cosmetics, and medic, uh, medicaments. Medicaments, yes. A chief product of the firm was a medicant by the name of Diamond Oil. The, company, the company's line could also be found on the shelves of local food markets and pharmacies. The business prospered, expanding each year. Boyle and Lefevre were granted a patent in 1910 for an over-the-counter remedy for rheumatism and other muscular afflictions. Prior to that, the partners had located in larger quarters at the rear of 38 South Main Street, sharing the ground floor with a millinery. The continued success of the Van Scoy Chemical Company forced another relocation to even larger space in a former meat market at 24 West High Street next to the Knights of Pythias building. Within a year, however, it was back in its former home at 38 South Main Street. 
While the proprietors were engaged in the making of vanilla extract on the afternoon of October 19, 1914, a hot plate overheated and started to fire in the 38 South Main Street building. For a time, it looked as if the fire would take the building and indeed the entire business block. But aggressive work by Mount Gilead's volunteer firemen held it uh, to the building of origin. The millinery was incurred, also incurred smoke and water damage. By 1916, Charles Boiler, uh, Charles Boyle, was gone, and L. J. James had partnered with Lefevre in operating the company. James later purchased the interest of his co-owner and became sole proprietor. At the time, the company carried a large inventory as orders arrived daily. Lefevre returned to his Canaan Township farm. Within five years, and again needing more space, James moved the company again to 46 South Main Street. The firm's telephone number was 328A. The letter in the number denoting that was a party line shared with other subscribers. The business next passed into the hands of Emerald Bub Wilson, who was a pretty fair uh, collegiate athlete in his day. Under Wilson, a former Marion factory worker, the business doubled as its products found high favor with homemakers, hoteliers, and restaurateurs. Wilson coined the company's tagline, Van, Co- Van Scoy brings joy. In 1924, Wilson made the decision to build a new facility to accommodate his ever-growing business. He had a 40-by-90, one-story, glazed brick building erected at the corner of Douglas and Town Streets. This structure contained an office, laboratory, packaging room, shipping area, and a special vault for alcohol storage. With the move to the Douglas Street building, Wilson discontinued his retail trade. He now had 250 sales agents to sell his products, including grocers and druggists in Morrow County. The Van Scoy line was found in stores nationwide and in foreign countries. So that's a little bit about a country. Uh, I've seen the bottles from that company, but I had no idea what they contained or anything about its history. So that I found that interesting. Huh. You know, there's... I'm surprised that, you know, we find out where some of the buildings used to be mm-hmm. for some of these things. And it's like, I don't ever remember a building being there <laughs> or there's always been houses there. Yeah. Well, in our, in our time. Yes. Yes. And so to me, it, it just blows my mind to be able to see that type of, you know, that type of history thing. So, you know, uh, there's really not much going on in the way of birthdays, uh, celebrity birthdays, or um, this day in history, Um, but I did want to share that there is a rumor that the Cleveland Browns will be redoing their, um, their stadium and will need a temporary stadium and there's rumors that it's going to be on the um at the horseshoe down in in columbus where the buckeyes play and i thought that was pretty cool and wanted to share that because uh we'll see if that uh comes true hopefully some of the buckeyes buckeye luck will rub off on them and they will um begin to actually see some of the the benefits i guess of their 
of the winds from, you know, just being present in the the shoe. So hopefully. Uh, one thing I did want to share here coming up is Mar Little Theater is going to be producing um, the Jungle Book Kids this summer. And Jungle Book Kids is going to be, let's see here. Um, where's the date? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, let's see. Auditions are going to be Saturday, April 13th, or May 13th. Sorry. Saturday, April, or uh, Saturday, May 13th from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And again on Monday, May the 15th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. And you'll notice that it's a Saturday and a Monday because Mother's Day is in there. So, Mike, they are, um, we're going to be kicking off Jungle Book Kids uh, with auditions on May 13th and 15th at 6 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. We'll announce a location soon. And then we will be underway with the show being July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. So that is going to that show is going to be directed by our friend Emily Levings. And uh, she always does a great job with the kids. Some people are just specially made to work with kids, and Emily is one of those. And she uh, she's able to teach the kids all kinds of stuff, and they absolutely love working with her. And uh, I'm super excited that she was able to do that. And then uh, this fall, we also have Trap. Um, and I can't tell you much about that yet, but it will be directed by Alita Jones uh, from the Christian School. So, Mr. Mike, do you have anything in the history piece there? I know I kind of went over into uh, some of the current events there, so we will... Uh, Flash back to the present. Here we go. Warning. 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 Terrible, terrible puns ahead. Warning. 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 Okay. Why don't you start off? <laughs> so this this is supposed to be... A dad, a terrible dad joke, but my daughter screeched, Dad, you haven't listened to one word I've said, have you? What a strange way to start a conversation with me. <laughs> um, let's see here. How can you tell if a graveyard is popular? Um, how can you tell if a graveyard is popular? People will be dying to get in there. No? Okay. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Well, there's a son, and he's holding an acorn, and he says, what's this? And Dad says, a tree. Son says, really? Dad says, in a nutshell, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Grandpa says, I have a dad bod. The son says, to me, it's more like a father figure. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, uh, Joey, if you die and get cremated, you can be put into an hourglass and still be included in the family game night. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was... 
Okay, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Uh, an alligator you see later, and a crocodile you see after a while. Oh, you're good. I, I started to mess those up. Um, what did the mountain climber name his son? Um, I don't know. Cliff. Ooh. What concert costs just 45 cents? Um. 50 cent, in, including Nickelback. Today, my son asked, can I have a bookmark? And I burst into tears. 11 years old, and he still doesn't know my name is Brian. Tweet, tweet. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We're digging deep, aren't we, today? Hey, did you hear about the man who stole the calendar? Uh, No, what about him? He got 12 months. Wow. <laughs> why did why did the scarecrow win an award? I don't know. Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh. <laughs> I I you know, I I realized how much you shared this time. So one of the uh, common things you see this time of year at uh, any of the nurseries are is is this spring is here i got so excited i wet my plants oh my you're in trouble with that one i think you know in trouble wet you're in trouble that was a joke i think we uh kind of laid a couple of eggs today yeah well you know that happens from time to time right uh, this is going to be a short episode this week. Uh, Mike and I are going to uh, start working on the 100th show. If you have any thoughts about what you think we should talk about, any stories you've heard about the Capitol Theater, or anything in general, please send those to morrowology at gmail.com, or you can hit Mike and I up on Facebook or uh, message us on Facebook at morrowology. Mike, it is that time to say goodbye. But goodbye, first, farewell. Alvederzine to you. Is that is that? Yeah, that's kind of right. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, folks. Um. And let's see here. Oh, we forgot this one. We got to do this before we go. The Morrow County History Center is now open for the season, Sunday afternoons, 2 to 4. New exhibits, new floor plan in the lobby for 2023. Experience Morrow County's past at the Morrow County History Center, Sunday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. We kind of talked about it. Yeah, we did. But we didn't play the commercial. We did the commercial. We had to play the commercial. Yeah, there's a commercial, yep. All right, uh, let's take a guess. How many times do you think Jamie Ziger rolled her eyes during this podcast? I'm going to say 789. Wow. You're over. It was 787. (laughs) Oh. Oh, oh, darn. All right, folks. Um, It's that time again. Take care. Be nice to each other. You never know who's fighting a battle that you don't know about. 
Uh, till next time, ciao.